0: Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your relationship with money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we welcome a special guest to the podcast, Eric Testet. That'll work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Forgive me for stumbling a little bit there um eric but uh it, it sounds like a holy american name is it no it is a uh, french and i normally don't
1: brag about it because the french are weak and i don't want to look like i'm a weak person <laughs> i
0: understand <laughs> what you're saying well welcome to the personal financial strategy podcast uh, i'd like to introduce you by uh Telling the strategists out there that you are the director of business development at Collective Influence. And Collective Influence is a parent company of industry leaders in mastermind networking, small business development, and tax-free retirement education. But Eric also works very closely with tax-free crypto who has everything you need to get started earning tax-free gains in your ira and roth ira welcome to the podcast eric thanks tony it's a pleasure to be with you thanks for having me well i'm glad you could be here you know all of our listeners for each guest they like to kind of get to know them a little bit kind of hear their story. So I wonder if you'd share with us your story of your just your background, where you grew up and how you grew up and then what led you to do what you're doing today. Well, I think the the beginning part of my life
1: started more as like a country song. You know, Uh, I was born in Southern California, parents divorced, Greyhound bus to Northern Idaho. And then from there, went to Anchorage, Alaska, where I grew up. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Until... Well, I'd say about ninth grade. And then my father was found in Reno, Nevada. So when I tell people where I grew up, I usually say Reno. Uh, you know, my first kiss, my first arrest, my first, you know, all the all the first to <laughs> happen in life were there. All the babies. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, Reno, where I'm from, the West Coast and Nevada is my home state. Right. Great. Yeah.
0: Great. And uh, vocationally, how did that take off? So vocationally,
1: um, you know, I grew up in a very poor home, you know, uh, less lower than middle-class kind of working, you know, when I was with my mom, she was a single mother. So it was the waitressing, the welfare, the late night, you know, uh, extra cocktail waitress jobs, whatever. Then with my father, when, um, my brother and I moved in with him, same thing. This was Nevada. He was a casino worker. He was a single father. So I had kind of both the single parent household. Yeah, yeah. um, So uh, we we never had much money. And the money that we did have was very hoarded. You know, it was dad didn't teach us investment. He didn't teach us strategy. He taught us balance your checkbook, pay your bills, all the good habits that you want to have, you know. Uh, But anyways, we were sort of in a a situation. And then a church uh, sort of came by our neighborhood, our poor neighborhood. And they kind of started taking my brother and I to their activities and their different things. So uh, the the short of it, Tony, is that I ended, actually ended up going to seminary and I became a pastor. I planted a church and I pastored for a number of years up until about two years ago. Well, I kind of took a sabbatical, took a break, uh, kind of, you know, 20 years of it. I'm in my 40s now doing that mm-hmm. for 20 years. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna do something different and, and take a bit of a break. So through some connections and some entrepreneurial things I'd been doing throughout those years is kind of how I ended up where I am now. But uh, yeah, I've had a window washing company. I had a pressure washing company. I had a, a successful wedding bi- venue business in the Tahoe area when I was pastoring. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, goodness. Uh, all, all these other things sort of uh, come come up i haven't really had to think that through in quite a while um anyways then i got into the investing scene and in, in in the early 20 teens and then when crypto became a little bit more popular in 2017 and 18 is when i started you know really searching the market on cryptocurrencies and that's kind of vocationally where i ended up here
0: Right. Well, that's, that's, that's quite a path. I, you know, it, what pops out for me is, is just your entrepreneurial spirit. Cause even being a pastor, I oh, would yeah. say is, is very entrepreneurial in and- nature. flyers and man, we old schooled it. A lot wow. of versions. New- yeah. It was, uh, it was uh,
1: probably a pretty big highlight, you know, it took yeah. it from to several hundred people in a handful of years it was pretty fun.
0: That That's really exciting. Yeah. Wow. Um, On sabbatical, you discovered kind of a new vocation and a new interest, and you've been pursuing that ever since? Yeah, for the most part. Again, it's been two years. Um, You know, I I had been,
1: when you're pastoring, uh, you know, if your intentions are right, you're not in it for the money because there's no money in it. You're you're in it because it's your calling, not your career. That's right. Uh, And so that's what I did. So to supplement my income, I had entrepreneur efforts. Some of them, which were, you know, uh, uh, creating LLCs and, and working them. Uh, and then the other was just uh, investing. I see. And that's kind of what brought me into the self directed uh, world self directed uh, IRAs, self directed 401s, you know, where the, the idea when it comes to retirement accounts was always I give you the financial institution 100% of the money. I take 100% of the risk, but I only make 30% of the gains. So when the market dropped, I lost money, but Vanguard, Fidelity, BlackRock, they got all their fees out of me. They made their
0: money. So I was pretty darn sick of it. Yeah. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. Um, and at some point in the last few years you you've intersected with the, the group called collective influence so I wonder if you could just kind of outline what that group does and yeah so uh, collective
1: influence ironically are um, uh two men that I was actually in 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 college with and in, in seminary Bible college with uh they had already been successful entrepreneurs through college and and other ventures that they've done uh so about 18 months ago, maybe closer to two years, but 18 months or so ago, they, they started a company called Collective Influence. With the, the goal in mind, the nonprofit that is under our umbrella is called Impact Others. So from this Impact Others, we have, you know, clean water initiatives, orphanages, Christian media radio. So they ended up doing was buying several companies, uh, they bring them to They're pretty darn good at it. Yeah. One of the companies that they, they bought into as a white label was tax-free crypto, uh, through I the see. custodian, the custodies, the assets, they were wanting to get into the crypto space. And so our team came along and was like, hey, I think we can do this. So they are the liquidity, our liquidity partner and the, the custody partner equity trust is their name. They're the largest self-directed retirement account um, manager in, in the U.S. So we partnered with them to create this white label. So that's that's one of them. So collective influence like I said, is a private equity firm that has 15 or 16 different companies in it. But the ones that sort of remain are in this self-directed investment. Uh, we see the need for it as people are getting more educated when it comes to their their personal finances. The self-directed investing is, is um, well, it's intriguing to people, first of all. And um, if we can kind of release them from being uh, what we call institutionalized. right the financial institutions
0: most people have these memorized you know bumper sticker phrases and they'll free you know it's taxed on the way in but not on the way out and um so that's resonating with a lot of our our clients and our listeners right now i wonder if you could draw the line between that and crypto substituting crypto for some of the current assets that they're self-directing toward
1: So yeah, uh, that's a great question, Tony. And I appreciate that because uh, as I said before, I had started when I was pastoring a Roth IRA with Vanguard, uh, you know, and they have some of the best funds with some great returns. So uh, that's what I started doing. I thought I was self-directing it, but really it's you're self-managing it. Right. Okay, and what that means is that I chose the fund it went into and that's about it. I didn't direct it from there. Mm-hmm. So I had my gains, presidents changed. I got my losses, substantial losses, right? Then it evens back and, and you know how the finical the market is. Yeah. This is kind of where I got fed up. So I want, I want your, your audience to sort of follow this analogy when it comes to our consuming products, our consumption, we are good at self-directing our funds we're self-directing our consumption. I'm going to go an extra mile out of my way for gas because they're 10 cents cheaper. So we're good when it comes to pinching our pennies for consumption, but Tony, it blows my mind that when it comes to investing, we don't self-direct like we self-direct our consumption. Right. I want complete total control of where my money goes. So in the self-directed world, instead of Vanguard, which was telling me in this, you can choose from these funds. Right. They're Little are still their in you. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's still their funds. Right. So not only am I paying them my the service fees, they're also taking my money to make money on my money. It's It's kind of like what the bank does, right? When we walk into a bank, I remember this as a kid and the teller would hand you, uh you know the little suckers right right well as i got older i thought that's quite interesting because what did they do they took our money that we gave them for free yes paid a department to make money on our money and when we went in to get our money it was the exact same amount we gave them right but if you got into a (laughs) a money market account the smart audience that that's, that's your listeners they're thinking, well, how the heck can he do that? You can only contribute if you're 50 years of age or younger in a Roth that you can only do 6,500. If you're 50 years of age or older, you can do 7,500. How in the heck does a guy accumulate? Because what's beautiful about a Roth tax-free IRA is there's no limit on your gains. There's right. only a limit to your contribution. Right. So if you self-direct and write up the promissory note to make the correct deal what mitt was doing was he was giving private debt to these companies that gave him shares and when they sold office max and sports authority and circuit city stuff like all that stuff he was in that's how he got his return but his asset his ira roth ira was the owner of the asset was the owner of the deal right, right? So when he got those gains and then he withdrew at 59 and a half, he had a hundred million dollars, all legal, all complete. When he went before Congress, who was questioning him on it, he's like, I followed the rules. I just gave a high debt to to private equity. And most of your multimillionaires are making it through private equity, not necessarily the stock market. So when I did that research, Tony, I thought, my gosh, I I want to be able to self-direct this. Mm-hmm. So that's when we dabbled in the, um, you know, getting into cryptocurrency. Well, if cryptocurrency is an asset, you know, obviously the argument right now is which one's a security, which one's a commodity, and the SEC and the CFTC are fighting like divorced parents over who has custody of what's going on. Yeah. Well, we thought, well, why not be able to have a roth ira linked to an exchange so that's what we did awesome if people are wanting to get into uh self-directing your funds and you want to, to get into the crypto market this is a perfect way to be able to do it with your return because here's the thing you might let's say you live a little better than paycheck to paycheck you're still wanting to take those funds and put it into your retirement account like you were saying that you teach your students Or your listeners but the bulk of their money that they can invest is actually in those retirement accounts right but if they don't roll them over to a self-directed custodian Mm -hmm. they can't do anything with it until they're able to withdraw when they're old enough so if they do a rollover whether it's a sep a simple a traditional or a roth ira roll it over if you have a 401k from a previous employer that you're no longer working with, obviously you can't roll over a 401 that you're working at the company currently, but you can put that to Mm self-directed custodian. Mm -hmm. Now you can release those funds from the self-directed custodian to buy crypto, to buy real estate like my wife and I did, to buy private equity or to loan debt. You could even have your asset buy a rental property if you and your family wanted a handful of rental properties, you can release your self-directed IRA for whatever your fund is. Yeah. You can actually have it own that all the rents are paid back and, and pays you back with its interest. So anyways, I could preach it all day long. Buddy. Yeah. It gives yeah. Me
0: an yeah it was so interesting. Uh, okay. Let's deal with a little bit. Um, it's not an elephant in the room, but I'm sure it's, it's a question out there. Um, so I love the concept of rolling it into more self actual self direction, right. and uh, so now let's add the 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 nuance of crypto in there. And I know uh, just from talking to my audience that there's an element I, I think they're a little uncomfortable in the area of risk when it comes to crypto. Yeah. I wonder I wonder sure. if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I think I think people misconcept it because
1: they equate volatility to risk, which are probably in the same avenue of of having a similar definition, but they aren't exactly the same. Right? Volatility doesn't necessarily always mean risky. So there's always a risk when it comes to uh, Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. But what people don't, uh, people who don't research about cryptocurrency, they misunderstand it because they don't get it. Right. So let me tell your audience this. The same amount of people today who are trading cryptocurrency, buying and selling cryptocurrency is equivalent. This blew my mind, Tony, when I first heard this. It's equivalent to the same amount of of people using the internet in 1990s. And then they finally got in on it, right? And then others who just jumped in right away. Those mm-hmm. people called Google, Amazon, <laughs> you, you name the big guys right, that right. on how they made their wealth. So I look at it this way to your older audience, I would say, don't make the same mistake you did in the early 90s where because you didn't understand it completely that you still didn't make a wise investment. So this is your redemption, right? right? This opportunity. Uh, and then secondly, I would say really look into cryptocurrency. It's not uh, as my grandfather would say to me eric you and your uh internet magical internet money <laughs> you know is how he looked at crypto uh it has utility like for example the blockchain that was invented for the purpose of mining uh bitcoin is now utilized by walmart's distribution centers this is how they track damaged goods they use the same exact uh blockchain Really. So the th- was invented for crypto is now a utility that's used publicly. Gotcha. So you have a utility behind Bitcoin now, which is why they're considering it a commodity, right? Then you have Ethereum, which if Bitcoin's the gold standard of cryptocurrency, Ethereum's the silver standard. I gotcha. Ethereum has the utility of how uh, um, a lot of digital currencies, um, exchange uh from liquidity like like to make crypto turn into cash and cash turn into crypto a lot of it's built on ethereum technology paypal this week uh they are creating a new stable coin and i i don't know if your audience knows what a stable coin is it's just it's another form of cryptocurrency but it's attached to a reserve so uh a tether is the name of one it follows the u.s dollar well, now PayPal just created one called uh, PayPal US, USD. And so it will follow the dollar. So it's uh, the dollar. So it's always equivalent to the dollar, no matter where it goes. And it provides uh, access to things that you can purchase that's going somewhere. Well, the only reason I explained that is because they, they built, PayPal built their stable coin off of Ethereum technology. Gotcha. So, so there's utility behind these things Mm -hmm. like uh, even the feds sets that finally the people are like screw this and they just started deciding that Bitcoin was valuable enough for them it's literally taking them out of poverty you can't get around El Salvador now without using some form of crypto to to buy goods or services even today 300 of the fortune 500 companies in the U S take some form of cryptocurrency for goods or services. So I think, again, people get afraid of things they don't understand, which is fine. You know, I didn't understand how to swim. So I always thought I would drown before I learned how to swim. Right. So I understand that there's fear out there. Um, But it is uh, similar to how the internet really changed the world
0: yeah i wonder if you could talk a little bit eric about let, let's just stay on bitcoin for a second and, and can because i've talked to some people who are doing this and i'm not sure i'm, I'm not educated enough on cryptocurrency mm-hmm. to know that this is a, a correct or incorrect outlook um but they you know they saw the slide last year of bitcoin mm-hmm. um and you know it's now it's bumping along and i think last time i looked it's recovering uh to a certain extent but a lot of people i think are equating that to like a slide in stock values or and they are worried about the volatility and if I, if if i move a bunch of money into bitcoin or to some form of cryptocurrency yeah. um, that that you know like like we were talking earlier about the roller coaster of quote unquote self-directed funds. Yeah. What would you say to people that are worried about their stepping off one roller coaster to step onto another? So I would say first
1: make sure when, when you invest that you're investing your investment money, you're not investing your rent money, your food money, your I need a I need to double this real quick for a thing, money. This is your investment money. Yeah. Money you're putting aside from investment. It's it's long term. Would be uh ninety. Mm-hmm. So when was it ninety dollars? Well, ironically, you look back and it was about April of 2017. Really? So six years ago, it was ninety dollars. And by the way, so take let's take the number five thousand right now. If you were to have taken five thousand dollars and in April of 17 bought ninety. About Apple stock at ninety dollars worth. Here, let's do the let's do real time math here, brother Tony. Let's see what happens here. We have five thousand dollars times ninety. You'd have sorry if it was ninety dollars Divide divided. Nine. By, okay, you'd own five hundred fifty five point five 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 stock. Okay, so let's just call it five fifty five stock. If you were to sell it right now at the hundred and eighty, you would have doubled your money, and you'd have ten thousand dollars. Not a bad stock, right? right? Not a big thing to buy. It's great. Well, let's look. If you look at Bitcoin, what was Bitcoin in April of twenty seventeen? I'll tell you right now. It was one thousand and eighty dollars. Okay, so if you were to take five thousand dollars. By about five minutes, you'd have 4.6 Bitcoin. Today's price, it has dropped, okay? And uh, it has dropped to today's price of 29,708 dollars. <laughs> if you were to make the same $5,000 investment in Bitcoin, you would have $137,537. Yeah. Crypto doesn't move the same way as a stock does. And again, on the, I'm not a financial advisor advice, I I would venture to say your financial advisor would tell you, you should have Apple in, in your portfolio. I personally do. Yeah. I also have Home Depot and Amazon and Uber Uh, Those are all in in my personal portfolio that I self trade those uh, as well. So I have good companies. I like stocking. But when I look at cryptocurrency, it moves completely different. Yeah. Now, if I were to look at uh, Dogecoin, the top three traded cryptocurrencies in America right now, Bitcoin, Ethereum and Dogecoin, which is a meme coin, was considered a meme coin, meaning it was a joke but now it got some popularity. <laughs> uh, it was like 0. 0.0001 cent in, in, um, uh, 2000, in uh, um, 2017. Now, uh, if if at its peak, it hit 74 cents, if you'd have taken the same $5,000 and you sold it at its peak in 2021 at 74 cents, you'd have had like $600,000. But even today, it's at uh, just it's hovering at eight cents right now. You'd still have several hundred thousand dollars. So, again, the way that it moves is different than what a stock does. Mm -hmm. So if you were to say, as you and I were talking and you encourage your listeners, 15 percent of your portfolio or 15 percent of your income. Is your investments. The the people who listen here, Tony, I would venture to say to, to invest $5,000 in something is on the low end of what they're already investing. You know, the diversity I believe in is not across a hundred different things. I believe it should be proportionate to what it's in. You know, if real estate is hot, maybe the majority of it should be in that. If property is hot or whatever, I would say a portion I would encourage a portion of your investments should be in crypto. Not all of them, mm-hmm. not all your eggs in a basket, mm-hmm. right? I, I know there's other uh, people out there that would say, well, I put all my eggs in one basket, but I watch that basket carefully. That, and that's fine. And you should do that. If you can hyper focus like a Warren Buffett on what he does very well for many, right. many years. Right. So of course he's not going to invest in crypto. He's like, I've been doing this for a hundred years and it works perfectly. Right. But most people aren't financial analysts and they can't afford the best of the best analysts. They're right. you and I. Right. So 15% of your income, if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, that's 15 K take five of it and, and put it in crypto. Yeah. Take 3,000 3, of it, put it in crypto. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're not going to go wrong, especially with Bitcoin, uh, because you have the largest firm's arc. So circle your calendar, April 13th. It's a big day. Okay, uh, It's when the sec is going to approve Kathy wood, who is the CEO of arc arc investments. She was the first one to put in for a Bitcoin spot ETF. Okay. So either going to extend or, or uh, extend it by saying, Hey, we'll get back to you later or they're going to approve it. But up to follow her was uh, BlackRock, okay? BlackRock are the people that own the devil, okay? Not that the devil owns them, like (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, (laughs) $9.5 trillion AUM. So they put in for the spot, BTF. They've never been denied an ETF in the history of their ETF filings with the SEC. Now, why is this important? Well, in October of 21, there was already approved a futures ETF. So there's been a futures ETF for B- Bitcoin for a, a couple of years now. Oh, really? But all the hype is around this spot ETF. Uh-huh. ETF. And uh, most people don't know why, what the difference is. Well, with the futures, and you probably know this, Tony, with the futures, you, you don't, nor does the ETF own any of the asset at all with the futures, you're betting on the future of that contract that between right. me and another person, the future of that price will be X. And I agree in this contract to pay for that. So you're just following its price, right? The spot ETF, it actually owns the crypto, not you. This is why the CTF is a big deal. And uh-huh. maybe some of your listeners would be more inclined to do it because they don't have to worry about custody like okay if I buy the crypto I, I I have to offload it to a wallet and then from that wallet put it into cold storage if that's what you wanted to I that's what I do with some of my crypto mm-hmm. uh, but again I'm self-directing right like you go to Walmart or Kroger or whatever I'm just self-directing how my investments work Uh, So an ETF, and again, hedge fund managers, pension managers, other fund managers, they can't just go out and, well, shoot, I'll just buy a bunch of Bitcoin. You can't. But with an approved SEC ETF, these fund managers can now include a portion of crypto in these major funds. Mm. So the spot ETF is huge. Well, what do you think is going to happen to Bitcoin Bitcoin? if and when that's approved. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cuz these fund managers have to buy the asset to make the spit uh, the spit the spot ETF <laughs> viable. Yeah, yeah. On top of that, you have Bitcoin having, which is happening in April. So b- built into the algorithm of Bitcoin, it was a having every and it happens every 4 years. Uh-huh. The, the amount of bitcoin that's awarded to the miners the people that mine for the cryptocurrency right it, it cuts in half so so in 2009 it was 50 bitcoin that were awarded to the miners 50, 50. of them Can You imagine having 50 bitcoin right now uh anyways 50 were awarded in 2013 it went down to 25 in 2017 it went down to 12 and a half four years later um six and a quarter which is where we're at now Uh well the next fourth the fourth year is roughly april of 24 so you're we're six seven months away from it it's going to go down to three a little over three yeah there's only ever going to be 21 million bitcoin that's the cap it's not really yeah there's that's what uh Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, whatever, uh, who invented it. It's either one person or a group of people. uh, That was the anonymous name. Uh, They've only created 21 million that will ever be found, ever. So by 2050, they is when they think the last one should be mined. So you have this ETF coming out, which is going to be the institutional adoption is higher. So when I was talking about the adoption rates with the internet, that's like the public masses adoption rate of it. Right. Well, now we're talking institutional money, right? Where people 55 and older, that have all the money. Well, I'll buy an ETF because it's approved. The government approved it. The sec approved. And I can be a retail investor in an ETF an exchange traded fund. Right. Um, well now with the happening coming up and the scarcity of bitcoin well for these miners to keep mining it it can't stay the same price it can't because the miners would say screw it yeah you can publicly trade mining companies crypto mining companies so i'm pretty sure they're here to stay yeah uh, yeah now i'm not a predictor of numbers or anything but uh most of the experts you read think that Bitcoin's going to be around that $150,000 mark come this time next year. Some think it's going to be $70,000 by the end of this year. I don't know. Yeah. So the way I look at it, Tony, is to, to you and your listeners, if you're considering getting into the crypto game, you might as well buy it while it's on sale right now. Yeah. Sell <laughs> so yeah. for $29,000. And the beautiful thing about it is, you don't have to buy the whole, like, so when it comes to stock, if I wanted to own Apple stock, I have to pay the full $178 today. But with Bitcoin, you don't. If all you had was that 5K we were talking about, yeah, you could put 5K and own a fractional piece of one Bitcoin. Like you don't have to drop 30 grand to buy one. I mean, unless you have that much money and right. you can dispose, sure, I would if I could, right? Yeah, sure. So I think I own right now, 0.73 of a Bitcoin. (laughs) I don't have one quite full one. Uh, I own uh, a handful of Ether coins or Ethereum coins. I own a crap ton of Doge. Uh, But so A, if it's going to be that much and it's only 30,000 now, why not have a portion of it? And then B, if you know you're going to pull the trigger and buy it, why wouldn't you have... A, a portion of that strategy through a tax-free vehicle. So tax-free crypto allows you to do it through a Roth IRA. Yeah, but Eric, I already have a Roth IRA. That's fine. You can have more than one Roth IRA. Uh huh. Now the limit is your contribution numbers. You know, if you're above fifty, below fifty, but the the amount of gains that I've had since I've opened up my tax free crypto account January of this year has been in the thousands of dollars. Yeah. Here's the beauty of it, Tony, because I have two self-directed Roth IRAs, one that I do all that private equity and real estate deals with, and that I have a tax-free crypto one. I can sell off the gains into my settlement fund in my tax-free crypto account, take those gains, roll it back over, to my other self-directed fund. And I just took those gains and I made deals with that other money. And all of this is a hundred percent tax-free. I'm just ping-ponging my money back and forth with myself through a tax-free vehicle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing that our listeners will have the most interested interest in is kind of setting up a scenario like that. Yeah. And so- If we could, Eric, I'd like to conclude today by I know you're available to talk to people about doing just that. So I wonder if you give us the best way for our listeners to get in touch with Eric.
1: The number one best way is to find me on the Internet machine uh, through email. And my email is Eric, E-R-I-C at taxfreecrypto.com. Email me. I will send you my calendar link. And we can do a, a, a Zoom call, Google Meets. If you're in the Jacksonville, Florida area, I'll let you buy me a cup of coffee, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we could do it that way. You can also find me on Twitter because, or I'm sorry, X, the company formerly known as Twitter. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's where the whole crypto scene is. And my handle is taxfree underscore crypto, taxfree underscore crypto. You can message me there follow each other and share that advice. But the best way is email. And then I can give you my phone number that way. And, uh, and I'd also like to invite you, Tony as well. I just started a, a, my brand new podcast, the tax free crypto podcast. I uh, just shot my second episode today. They can find it on Apple and Spotify, wherever they listen to it, just like yours. But I'd like to invite you and we can go over details later to come on and be part of my podcast as well.
0: Love it. Would love to do it, Eric. And it's been great. I think you've given all of us something to think about today. I hope that uh people, our listeners out there will get in touch with you because you're a heck of a nice guy and a, a good communicator. And uh and I I think you for those of us that maybe are still a little nervous about crypto, I think I think you do a good job representing what the real risks are and benefits of are. So Wish you the well, well, my friend. And um, we're going to end today by...